0: There are two Averes, which the Torah makes special permission, gives special permission for a Jew to violate in time of war. One is Kashris, a Jew in the time when the Jews went into Eretz Yisrael to conquer the land in time of Yeshua. The Torah gives Jews permission, gave Jews permission at the time to eat tray food. That if they find themselves in a state where they have no food, of their own, and the only food they find is the food of their enemies. They go into their homes and they see pork, chazer, kidle de chazira, as the Gemara calls it, right, pieces of chazer, they're to eat that, it's permitted in order to continue with the battle. Then the other thing that we see in time of battle that's permitted for Jews to uh, violate, to transgress, and it's not considered a transgression, is in this week's Parsha, Eshes Yefas Toyah. And um, this is a, a very disturbing Parsha. And this f- disturbing phenomenon. The Chazal say that the reason why the Shem permits a Jew who sees a woman who's not Jewish, and he, he desires her, that he's allowed to engage with her once, well, after the first time, the Yitzhak is not so strong, he can... He has to wait 30 days until she converts, and then he can marry her if he still wants her. Chazal say that this is very unusual for Torah to make such uh, dispensation. And Chazal say it's because The Yetzirah in time of war is very strong. You know, all the aggression comes out when you fight a war. And the Yetzirah is then very strong. So the Torah says, okay... Will allow once in order to, uh, comp- you know make you know to accommodate, the, the 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 intensity of the yitzhar under such conditions. This is so unlike what Torah always teaches us, that there's no compromise in Torah. And if you, fa- you face a challenge and a test, Hashem gives you the test so that you can overcome it. Ki Hashem Tests have a reason and a purpose. It's not a reason to say, "Okay, we should be more lenient." That's not the style. That's not. It's very unlike Torah's thinking. And here we have this unusual phenomenon. Yevastoyar and, and 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 Treif, with Treif they say, "Okay, could be pukoch nefesh. You don't have what to eat." So Torah says you can eat, but with Eishes what's the justification? So. A Rakhaim here says a remarkable thing. He says, first of all, it's a Salam Khama lays down a very fundamental idea that's um very relevant to the concept of war. Begins Salam You go to war against your enemy. Why does he have to say against the enemy, you go to war? Well, obviously, who are you going to war against the enemy? Now, to him, No, the Torah is trying to tell the Jew that to be a soldier in the Jewish army to fight a war, you have to be of a certain mindset. The mindset has to be that the enemy is not just a physical enemy. It's not just because he, he poses a physical danger that you're fighting him, but the enemy represents the embodiment of evil. We're talking about an enemy, who's not just your physical enemy, but your enemy, your moral enemy, your spiritual enemy. As Rashi says in Pasha's Matus, the enemy of a Jew is the enemy of Hashem, because they're the same, they're synonymous. We're talking about the nation that embodies principles of evil. And that should be the mindset of the Jew, feeling he's your spiritual enemy. Which obviously takes a Jew who already developed a distaste for evil. A Jew who has a natural uh, distaste for evil will see immediately that this enemy is his spiritual enemy. And obviously, as the Alt-Rebbe says in Tanya, to have a distaste for evil means that you have a greater measure of love for Hashem and for kedusha in general. So right away, the Torah starts off by saying you should know we're talking about a warrior whose mindset is deeply vested in a spiritual world, a world which is engaged in cleansing the world, cleansing society from evil. And that is the mindset, that is the purpose of the war. The physical aspect of the war is is incidental to that. Essentially, the Balaturim says a similar thing. Right? The last parasha, Shriftim, ends with these words, hayosher Hashem. You should do the righteous thing in the eyes of Hashem. And right away, in this Pasha it begins, You go to war against your enemy. It that, the enemy. says the Balaturim, the Torah is ju- ju- juxtaposing these two psukim to tell you who is the right person to go to war. Hayosher Hashem. The one who does the righteous thing in the eyes of Hashem. Somebody who has a mindset who is focused on the higher spiritual purpose and meaning of why we go to war and what's the purpose of all this. Let's make the world a better place. So that's the number one thing. So now the Chaim HaKadosh says, with this introduction, we can move forward with Eishet We're talking about a Jew who is totally vested in Kedusha. His mindset is vested in Kedusha. He sees evil with a passion of, of hatred, with a passion of distaste. And despise it. So how can a Jew like this see a woman? We're talking about a Jew of a, of a, of a much loftier caliber. We're not talking about a lowlife who sees a woman in the street and, and, and goes crazy. So what's Pshat in the Torah? says you have to understand that these neshamas, sometimes there are holy neshamas that have been attached to an evil neshama and they reside there in this galgal they're in captivity inside an unclean ishama. and that unclean eshamah needs to be retracted so the that gives that Jew a desire for that woman is completely unnatural for this Jew, it's out of character for him and because it's out of character for him that's why it's so unusual that he would have such a desire which is a signal that there is something in that woman's neshama hiding a, a, a lofty neshama that needs to be released. and can only be released through his engagement with her. By his engagement with her, he will release that hidden, a lofty neshama that is not able to free itself, to unshackle itself from the shackles of evil, of uncleanliness. And he says, here is the Torah giving a process. If after the first time he engages with her, he releases that neshama, and the neshama is released now from captivity, then later on he won't desire her anymore. And the Torah ensures, by telling her that she has to uh, shave her head, and that there would be no physical aspect to this attachment. Making sure that this relationship is strictly predicated on this spiritual process of releasing an ashama from captivity inside this um, strange woman, this woman who is from a foreign culture. After that, if you still desire her, and, and clearly there's no suspicion that the desire is physical because she has gone through 30 days of looking in a way that is, is the least attractive. So now, if he still desires, it's a siman that this holy neshama is not just hiding inside an unclean neshama, but that woman herself is really a holy neshama that's been lost in the place of klipa. Like Ruth, she herself converted and became Jewish, and became one of the holiest people in our in our tradition which means that he has to marry this woman because this woman herself is destined to be a, a great neshama. But if after the first time, he no longer wants her, that, that's a sign that that woman hosted a holy neshama that needed to be released, just like with Shem and Dina. Shem hosted the neshama of Chanina Bintradion, and by his engagement with Dina once, the Nesham was released immediately through Dina. Dina took him out, pulled him out. And the same thing, he says, is here with the Yifas So that gives us a whole new perspective on this parasha, which of course is vested in a lot of um, uh, Kabbalah. But he says another thing. This is why Chazal say, Yifas To'ya, Ke'ura. Why is Chazal saying, why is saying, how do we know even if she's not beautiful, she's ugly, right? We asked before. And we learned it from Vachashakta, that even if she's not beautiful, then why is the Torah saying, Yefashtoyah? He says, no. He says, Yefashtoyah means the holy Nishama, the beautiful, godly soul that is a hostage. Even Ka'ura, even if the woman that he meets in the battlefield or in captivity, she herself is not a clean soul. They may be inside of her. You desire that neshama which is inside of her. There's another neshama hostage inside of her. And that's what you desire. That's why your neshama desires this woman. Because there's a neshama, a holy soul that needs to come out. I feel a ka'ura, even if the woman herself that you meet is ka'ura, is not a yefas She's not a holy neshama. But there is a inside of her. For sure, if she herself is Yefas meaning that this is not just that she harbors a holy neshama, but she herself is actually a holy soul that has been lost in Golis. Like Rus HaMe'ayviyah and Shmai and Naphtalian, they themselves became great neshamas. That's for sure, then, uh, then the sign will be that he will still want her after 30 days, and that will be a sign that these nishamas are destined to be True gain